Welcome to The Perspective with Mike Sherbino. We're a TV show and a syndicated radio show, and we are stepping into the conversation and looking to uncover how faith influences culture and how culture influences our faith. Be prepared to hear from some amazing guests, known and unknown, insightful conversations that will get you thinking. And most importantly on the show, we are especially interested in encountering the living God and hearing about how he is transforming lives. Check us out on the World Wide Web at W www.theperspective.tv on Facebook. You can search The Perspective with Mike Sherbino, and you can also find us on YouTube. Today on The Perspective with your hosts, Pastor Mike Sherbino and Julie Stoutland. You could say David Nurse is cut from a different cloth. While many of us feel weighed down by the heaviness of life, David's sweeping the world with his pivoted mindset, one book and one person at a time. From small town Iowa to one of the 50 top motivational speakers in the world and the author of three so far best-selling books. The Perspective welcomes David Nurse to talk about his latest book, Do It, The Life-Changing Power of Taking Action. Get ready to pivot your game. Hey, we're glad you're with us today. And Julie, I love the intro that Susan did because we're talking about improving our game. And <laughs> when I think of game, you know, I'm not a basketball player. I probably you're not I, I'd like to think I'm that I could shocked. have been but that's in my imagination <laughs> but you know there's a guy coming on and he's uh, becoming like a family on the yeah, show I know, right David Nurse is with mm -hmm. us and uh, maybe he'll you know do some coaching with me I don't know with old timers oh, well man you didn't have to say it that <laughs> I'm way sorry I'm preaching on anger later <laughs> okay. on and that made me angry okay, okay I'm no, sorry not really not really Hey, David, come on on, bail us out right now before we have a fight, okay? We don't want that. Hey, Mike. Hey, Julie. Hey, just so you know, Mike, like, there's there's no certain age that you can stop learning. So you See? totally have the potential to be a great basketball player. There I believe go. it. There Appreciate go. that. I'm going to send that clip to uh, some team in the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh. But anyways, all that aside, all that aside, it's good to have you back. Mm -hmm. Sorry that Taylor can't be here. Mm -hmm. uh, that last know, show was epic. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me back, guys. I really appreciate you allowing me to come on and run my mouth with you guys. Let's have some fun. <laughs> we got another book out. Yeah. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, it is. You know, it's it's uh, it's kind of like, you, you, you know, you have this project you're working on for so long, and I know everything in and out inside the book, and yeah, it's it's interesting to see when people give you feedback on it and what they say sticks when you think, man, this, this has really, um, can help people take more action in their life. And then I get feedback of completely different things. I'm like, Hey, well, maybe that's the main point of it. So we'll see what we come up with today, but yeah, it is very exciting and blessed to have this thing hit the wall street journal bestseller yeah. list. Yeah. That's all. I, you know, I also, no? I also want to say, I love how you, the title, don't do it. And if you see it, it's don't quit. I think I love that behind there. And like, that is so cool. Here's the problem with your book. Okay, there's a problem. I read you know stuff like that, that and, and I get pumped and I want to go, you know, just so many different things. And uh, like, I need to leave the set right now and I got to go do something. Oh, <laughs> it's all my good. Goodness. So what's the premise behind the book? What do you, what's your goal and what's your target as you're Absolutely. writing this book? Great question. So everybody has where they, just imagine where you are today. Everybody has something that they want to do. Right. So either where you are today to where you want to be tomorrow. And in this gap, this valley, 
Below is fear, uncertainty, doubt. The only way across that is taking strategic radical action. So do it outlines the nine main fears of why we don't take action, why we hold ourselves back. So the 40,000 foot view that I give to people is like it's atomic habits meets the Enneagram with crazy, cool Malcolm Gladwell type stories of historical figures from the past who went on to change the world. Wow. So there's, there's <laughs> nine. Yeah, right. There's nine action archetypes. And I outline the ar archetypes of this is what is your roadblock. And, and most of the time, we're not aware of what these roadblocks are. And some of these roadblocks, we can go through all the archetypes or a few of them, if you would like. They're fear yeah. of other people's opinions. But hey, Being back up for just a second, David. Talk to us about what are the couple of the big fears and then a couple of the big roadblocks. Yeah, so everything in the roadblock is based in fear because we are afraid of the results. We are mm -hmm. afraid if we go all in, what happens if it doesn't work out? That's the fear. Some of these main fears are, are the allodaxophobic, simply meaning fear of other people's opinions, fear of being burned, burned by the past, You've been burnt before, you're going to be burnt again, so you're not going to take action. Fear of thinking you're too young or too old. This is called the inopportune. It's not the right time. Not Are you taking right a shot at me about being too old? Like, <laughs> let's just clarify that. Okay. No, he said it's always the right time. Always oh, the right time. Those are a few of the main ones, and, and one that, that I actually struggle with right now. So you go through these nine, and mm -hmm. at some point, you probably relate to them at one time in your life and you can keep coming back to them as they're not, they're not like the Enneagram or a personality test mm -hmm. where that's who you are. Right. You can continue to change and grow. And one thing I struggle with is the distracted. Mm -hmm. I think in this day and age, there's so much going on. But what I mean by distracted is it's, it's not always the, you know, the notifications or the social media, but it's, it's the good opportunities keeping you from your great opportunity, keeping you from what your vision is, what your mission God has placed you upon this earth to do. That's, you know, when you think about that, the distractions, um, you're talking about, you know, basketball. I'm thinking about that. The other night I saw LeBron James, he dropped a, just a beautiful three-pointer in, and he kind of does this shake. And I don't know if it's just cool, and then he goes back down the court, and I'm thinking, okay, he's just keeping his focus. He's keeping going. And like you, it's so, I find it is easy to get distracted. Mm -hmm. But there was so much focus there that I'm thinking, I got to ask you this question. How do you get your focus back when you've been distracted? Mm. That's a great question. So everything is based on self-awareness. It's understanding of what is going on in the moment. Most of us get so caught up with just we fall into this next step, next step, next step, next step. So we have to take ourselves back. So one of the main tools that I provide to people to be able to stop in the moment is simply snapping your fingers. So this would be a great so doing one. doing something physical then, something that you right. have to focus on. Okay. It's a cue. So this is basically a mental cue. This is a trigger to my subconscious that I'm going to stop because I've placed what I'm about to tell you with this snap. SNAP stands for stop. So the S is stop. So I stop, notice. I notice what's going on around me. I notice, you know, why is my kid throwing a frying pan at my head? Why is my <laughs> boss yelling at me right over my back? 
Then I assess, the A is assess, well, how did I get in this situation? What did I do? Assess the situation, and then the P is pivot. So I slightly pivot the perspective and go in a different direction. But it's all based on self-awareness, whether it's you're distracted and you can't focus, whether it's you're fearing somebody else's opinion, whether you're blaming somebody else. Everything that we do in our days, we get so caught up that just being able to stop Notice, assess, pivot is so crucial for our non-stress, anxiety-ridden life we live. You know, when I think about the archetypes, the nine, out of all of them, and you say that how we can all walk through each one of them at some point in our lives in some different ways, in the research that you did, did you find that even though there's nine and how we can move and flow maybe in through all of them, was there one or two that seemed to stand out more than the rest that we kind of always fall into or <laughs> more often than not? <laughs> yeah, great question, Julie. So of the nine, the main one that the majority of people, so I did too much research and I've more than I've ever done in my life, all these surveys and the, the number one fear archetype was fear of other people's opinions so concerned about what other people think of us that we don't take action based on what they think. And here's the thing you got to understand. When someone says something about you or has a thought about you, we end up thinking like they're only thinking about us when they're in reality, <laughs> probably thinking about us for 10 seconds right. and then thinking about what they're having for dinner. So it's, we put so much thought on others' concerns when others' concerns are based on themselves and not us. And there's a, yeah. I got to, I got to give out this stat because this is just, it's, it's really freeing to know this, that, that there's a stat that 19% of people will not like you just because they just won't. It's no matter <laughs> what you do, you can't please everyone. So when you understand that you don't have to please everyone, it's much more freeing that you can take this action towards. I'm just goal. feeling it's better that it's only 19%. <laughs> Hey, you're in the 81% in my book, Mike. I like it. But you're so true what you said. I remember years ago, I was overwhelmed oh. by a situation. Negative comments were said about me, and I was still stewing over it, you know, six, eight months later. And a friend of mine said, you know, Mike, he said, there's just a little subculture in the area where you're living in. The rest of Canada doesn't give a rip about what <laughs> that person said to you. And I needed that perspective because it just pulls you down like a boat anchor, doesn't it? It absolutely does. We think that others like are waiting for what we're coming out with next, what uh, what we're going to say. They don't really care. You know what people love? The most attractive trait and quality somebody can have when they're so comfortable in their own skin that they make others feel, com feel comfortable in their skin. So That's the point of you're not caring about what other people think. And I tell this in, in, in talks when I'm giving it to companies. I tell them, hey, I want you to love this talk. I want you to be this to be the best you've ever had. But when I go home tonight, I'm not thinking about you. I know I can stand up here confidently because I have God and my smoking hot wife, and that's all I need. There you go. Well, listen, hold that thought, David. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take a short break and return to discuss more. Stay with us, everyone. Looking for a church to connect with? North End Church at 455 Geneva Street in St. Catharines has the welcome mat out for you, and Pastor Mike would love to get to meet and talk with you. Join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. North End Church, where everyone is welcome, no one is perfect, and anything is possible. 
Do you live in the Niagara area? Are you looking for a great summer option for your children? North End Church is offering six weeks of summer day camps that any child would love. Check out all the options at northendchurch.ca. Hey, we're back with David Nurse. He has coached over 150 NBA players, maybe on how to do that three-point shot. (laughs) He hasn't coached me yet, but my day is coming. Motivational speaker, author on the uh, Wall Street best-selling list. David, congratulations. That's just huge. And uh, we're cheering you on for that one. That's so good. Thank you, Mike. And you know what I tell people about that is it's all relationships and friends and people mm-hmm. pouring into it because it was the first week. So it's not like thousands of people could have read it yet. It's just people supporting it and the relationships of people believing in me. So it really has nothing to do with me, but... <laughs> Well, you obviously you've written. I I loved your other book. So the point is you're on track here with something that is inspiring and encouraging people. And we're just excited to see what else we can glean from what's been put on your heart. And that's what's fantastic. David, you know, you know, we were just talking about you mentioned the different people that have supported you through your writing. What is your heartbeat? I know you want to support people. You're helping people. We use the term coach. But when you think about supporting people, what comes to mind? What is something that you feel that you can contribute best of all? Yeah, I love that. And supporting people is not just about encouraging and cheering them on. It's also about challenging them. Mm. So in my, my mission that God has placed upon me is to help people unlock the gifts, the God-given gifts they have inside of them. They're holding them back for these reasons of fear, but helping them unlock these gifts so that they can go achieve great things for the kingdom, helping bring other people along the way. So it is encouraging, it is supporting, but just as much it's challenging because Mike and Julie, if I was say like, hey, I'm gonna only let you settle for less than what you are, I would be doing you a disservice as a friend. So it's the challenge and support that I want to show people. Mm, We all need that, don't we? I was thinking um, on our last program, Julie, you remember the one we were, when we did the marriage encounter, you and Taylor were here. Let's just take a little bit of a sidetrack and help you remember your wife, because I know she's away on the set (laughs) of The Chosen right now. Um, What do you guys do to support each other? And speak to me, especially from the guy's perspective. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great question. So from my perspective, it is Now, I know all the things that I have going on in my day. I have all the things that I want to do. To me, they're very important. But knowing that my wife is more important than those things, I'll ask her what I can support her on. And now I have to place that ahead of what I think is most important to me. So it's the continuous conversation and communication of what's important to us and how much it matters. She asks the same to me. I ask the same to her, but it's, I mean, it it is the, hey, like, how can I push this forward for you? It's not always just saying, like, I'm here motivating her because a lot of relationships, one side doesn't want to hear the other's motivation or criticism. They just want to hear the love, like, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. I believe in you. Mm. So, I mean, coming back to the most important thing of a marriage of all is the communication aspect of it. Absolutely. Listen, I want to jump back. I had a question, another question for your book. I was reading about the fact that this is a brain science mixed with hearts, feelings, connection type of thing. And I was wondering, could you explain how your the survey, how they 
you know, the, the information they claimed and, and worked through as brain science and how that has an effect on heart's feelings in order to come up with these type of archetypes. Yeah, totally. So the brain and heart are connected, obviously. And I go into the brain science, the neurological science behind each of the archetypes so that you can see, the reader can see, hey, this is what's actually going on in my brain. Oh, it's the medial prefrontal cortex where I'm fearing other people's opinions. Or it's a cerebellum of my dopamine rush that I'm getting. So you see the actuality that's going on in the brain. And it's not just some myth that this is happening to you. And I connect it with the heart. So the heart basically means your feelings. The heart, our feelings, want to keep us safe. It wants to keep us out of trouble. That's why we don't take risks. We'd rather <laughs> take the way out. So I'm showing you why you're feeling this way, mixed with why your brain's working this way, to come to the conclusion that you're going to be okay. You can take this risk. You can take this chance because you know on the other side of it, it's going to have great impact for others. I think it makes such a, a, a difference having an idea that there are physical things that, you know, re, that we respond to that, that then that affects your emotions. And, and when, I know for me anyway, when I have more understanding, it makes it easier for me to try to understand what's all this going on inside of me so I can kind of remove myself, distance, to make that better judgment, right? This, with all this information is to help make better judgments. Absolutely. So even for the example of Mike and becoming an NBA player, our <laughs> brains, knowing this, our brains mature in our late 20s. But the difference between maturation and growing and learning are vastly different. Mm. There's actually a section in the brain that gets triggered. It's a wisdom section. You become wiser after your 50s. And we don't tap into this in our early 20s. So Mike, just knowing that should give you a lot of confidence that your contract <laughs> right around the corner. Man, I am just pumped right now, I'm just pumped. I'm just gonna yell to somebody off set to go get a basketball and uh, I'm ready, bring it on. But that's so helpful what you're saying though, because mm. we need to understand that, that we go through seasons, we go through phases, and sometimes we just can't get it all right now, can we? Yeah, that is, I mean, that is totally true. It's a. It's something that like we look at, like we want to be where I said at the start, where you want to be in your future, your vision, you have to have a vision or you don't really know where you're going at all. Right. We all want to be there quickly, but also if you get there quickly, you haven't built any roots. You haven't mm. built the foundation for when the storms hit because you are either in a fire currently or a fire is coming very <laughs> soon and you have to build those roots down. And it's, it's encouraging though also to know like you will make it as long as you don't just ultimately give up. Give up and pivots are different. But if you research anybody who is at the top, if you see that, man, this is where I want to be. I imagine myself being there. Research the, what they have done to get there. Like we know my uncle, who was, who was the Raptors coach, it took him 27 years to become an NBA head coach. Hmm. People see him as this first time head coach winning the NBA championship for the Raptors. And they're like, wow, he got so lucky. But he's been coaching for 27 years. So it's also very calming to know it's going to take time, but that's okay. I love that. And I know your first story talks about how, you know, the, the lady didn't start dancing until she was in her 20s. So we need to hang yeah. on to that. Do it. Don't quit. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm thinking of your books. We got Pivot and Go. We got Breakthrough. And now the latest book, Do It. Uh, David, thank you for being with us today. Always just enjoy the conversation, the banter. You've picked my spirits up. There's hope for me with the NBA. 
I just got to uh, grow another six inches and I'll be fine. <laughs> well, thank you guys. Thank you for having me on and that all you're doing for the kingdom and, and showing people that there's a positive light out there that you guys can be, everyone out there can have an impact, a positive impact on others. So thanks for being that light, guys. Thank you. We appreciate all right. it. Stay with us, everyone. We'll be right back. We all love stories. They shape our minds, fuel our passions, and give perspective to our situation. Speaking of perspective, have you checked out The Perspective on your local TV network? The Perspective is Canada's newest daily faith-based program that addresses the issues between faith and culture. You will hear stories from guests like Lisa Bevere, Daryl Strawberry, Paul Henderson, The Godwink People, David Nurse, and many more. Hosted by Dr. Mike Sherboneau, The Perspective is here to help you find and follow Jesus. Check us out at theperspective.tv. I didn't get a chance to ask David was which of these stories of the people from in history that he he liked the most but I know the very first one really really was encouraging to me as a, a little bit older person with Martha Graham who you know you think about dancers dancers start when they're little and she didn't start dancing till she was in her 20s and she fought so hard to believe in herself and to 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 grow this natural gift that was in her and she ended up being the like the the mother of all modern dance for the whole you know 1900s so you know, there's always hope for us a little bit older people, and we just have to face our fears and not not listen to that negative voice. It's a great story, but I'm laughing. Who are you laughing? There's no hope for me as a dancer. I'm just saying. <laughs> you never know. I have more chance to be the NBA than the dancer. Okay. Like, yeah. But anyways, that's going on the base of what my kids have told me and my wife. But I love David, and he unpacked that whole thing for me. When he talked about fear, yeah. we're afraid of what people think. Yeah. And if I could give a word of encouragement to people, it would be this. I want to encourage you to press on and, uh, and do it. Do what God has put on your heart to do. Reach for those dreams. Reach for that passion that needs to possibly be ignited in your heart today so that you can fulfill the purpose for which God has created you. Why don't you stay with us? We're going to be right back, and I'm going to continue teaching from the book of James. Have you ever heard of the name William McKinley? Back in 1897, he became president of the United States. When he was campaigning to be president, he was hounded by an impoverished young reporter who continually attacked him. And one bitterly cold night, the reporter who didn't have a winter coat, sat shivering outside the coach and said um, where the future president was traveling, the, the train coach. When McKinley saw him, he stopped outside the coach and he said, here, put on my overcoat and ride inside with me. Well, the reporter said, but you don't know me. Uh, I'm the reporter who's been ripping you to pieces. And he said, I know who you are and it makes no difference. And McKinley replied, put on my coat, come inside where it's warm. That, my friends, is love in action. That is what the book of James is all about. As we're talking about this road trip of a lifetime, and as we think about the driving analogy, uh, this week we're talking about backseat drivers and the pain that they can cause. But what eliminates the pain is when someone practices what they preach. 
which is what William McKinley did. You know what? He lived out um, what it meant to show love in action. James phrases it this way. Don't just be hearers of God's word, be doers also. It's one thing to say, you know, I hear it all. Yeah, I get it all. But it's another thing to live out the faith. And so what we're hearing about this week is when he says, beloved brothers, let everyone be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to be angry. Slow to be angry. Should I say that again? Because we struggle with that, don't we? You know, as we look at what James is talking about, there are other writers in the scriptures who talk a lot about anger. The Apostle Paul said, in your anger, do not sin. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. So Paul realized there was a place for anger. We should be angry at injustice when violence happens. But he's talking about the anger that is deep-rooted within us. Oftentimes, it's the anger of relationships. Oftentimes, it's when we allow a thought to fester and fester. It's like a wound. It's like a sliver in our finger. And until we get it out, it just will fester and get bigger and bigger. It's like we need some spiritual polysporin. You know what happens when we allow anger to fester? It's like we get an education. When you graduate from, univer- from high school, you go to university. And many times it seems like people pick up a bachelor's of anger. Then they go on a little further because they haven't dealt with it. They got a master's in being angry. And then they get the PhD, which is piled higher and deeper, but they get it in that whole thing of angry, of being angry. And what does that mean for you? The reason I'm saying it is that we can allow it to fester and grow within us. And James talks to us and he said, it is just a terrible thing in the whole journey of relationship. Because many times people don't know that you're angry at them. Or it can be somebody in the past that you no longer see, but it's like a bow to anger that brings you down and it just discolors you. Have you ever seen somebody who's losing their cool? Sometimes the temperature is rising, they get red in the neck, red in the face. We say they get flustered, folks. That's being angry. Someone has said that the measure of greatness is in whether you can handle anger or if anger handles you. You know, sometimes people do the craziest thing when they get angry. Came across a funny story of, a, of a, an owner of a factory. And on one day, he turned up at the factory just to see what the employees were doing. And he saw one young guy that he didn't recognize just kind of leaning against the wall. And he got angry at that guy. I think he's just lazy, wasting his money. And he said to him, how much do you make a week? And the guy looked at him and said, oh, about $300. And he pulled out a wad of bills and he said, here's 300, take it and never come back. The guy just kind of looked at him and said, okay. And he walked out the door. And then he turned to one of the other people in the factory and he said, who is that guy anyways? And he said, we don't know. He just dropped off the pizza and uh, was just hanging around to chat for a few minutes. Well, that's what happens when we get angry. And the measure of greatness is whether you can handle anger or if anger handles you. We're going to talk more about it in the coming days as we unpack this subject that's kind of painful to talk about, but so important that we get a handle on it so it doesn't destroy relationships. And if you find yourself overwhelmed with anger, with anger, ask God to come and 
minister His grace to you, and He will. He can change you and I from the inside out. He's waiting for that invitation. Thank you for listening to The Perspective with Mike Sherboneau. If you like what you heard or have a question for Mike, send him an email at this address, mike at theperspective.tv. Again, that's mike at theperspective.tv. Visit our website at www.theperspective.tv and check out our YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com and type in The Perspective with Mike Sherboneau. There you'll find hundreds of videos that'll keep you entertained and thinking for hours. Thanks again for listening to The Perspective, where we are always seeking to uncover how faith influences culture and how culture influences our faith. Until next time, we'll talk to you then.